What's going on, everyone? This is Nathan Crankfield, the host and founder of the Seeking Excellence podcast. So for today's episode, very excited to share with you three things that I think can really set off your year in 2021. It's the beginning of the year. It's not too late to set your goals. It's not too late to start getting after it. And I overview three core principles that are just crucial and pivotal at the center of Seeking Excellence philosophy, what we're going to be teaching, what we're going to be going through this year, throughout all of our content, throughout the whole year our blog, our website, our podcast, our social media. We want to encourage you in these three things. And I really want to start your year off right by getting into this. So very excited for you to tune into today's episode. Hope you enjoy. You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom, to go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ, to be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You are not made to make excuses, time for you to take extreme ownership for your life, for all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. did it everyone we did it we survived 2020 we made it out man we made it out of 2020 and so i'm very excited to be with you guys here in the new year we have uh hopefully you listen to our little bonus podcast that i released that that just lists out some of the new things we've coming up this year but very excited in the direction that we're heading as a ministry the things that we're going to be doing here on the podcast things that we're doing with the blogs events we're going to have coming out this year it's going to be absolutely incredible i'm very excited to share that stuff with you as you know, if you've listened to that one, we have some great upgrades to our equipment, to our team, to the things that we're going to be doing, our content. So just absolutely stoked to be sharing some of that with you guys. It's going to be an absolutely amazing year. So I'm very excited, very excited for all of that. And so what I want to share with you today is just some of the stuff that you can do that will help you to dominate 2021. So I really hope another thing that I hope you listen to before listening to this is the podcast I released a couple of weeks ago that was about... Um, uh, things that the reasons why most New Year's resolutions fail. So in that, you know, I, I did some research and it said like 80% of New Year's resolutions fail. And we all know that, right? Like we've all set goals and failed to hit them. We all know that there's a lot of obstacles that come your way. We all know there's a ton of people who say New Year, new me, and then go out and act like the same person they were last year. And so I wanted to do some research and, and brainstorm some ideas and share with you all what are some of the most common factors that keep people from succeeding in their new year's resolutions right so that's what that podcast is all about but it was almost in some ways i did add some like practical things that you can do but i also talked about a lot of things to avoid but this today is going to be talking about much more proactive what can we do what ought we do in order to dominate in order to thrive in 2021 and one of the things i think was really common in 2020 it's common in life in general 
but was exceptionally common last year is people making excuses, blaming other people, blaming circumstances, environments, exterior forces for why they're not achieving their goals, why they're not living out their faith, why they're not living their life purposefully, whatever it might be. And obviously there's sometimes there's good reasons why we're not doing things right. There's obviously understandable circumstances for why we're failing, understandable circumstances in our environment, in our lives, in our personality, even sometimes that, that can hold us back. But there's a couple of things, you know, that we do have control over uh, that, that really dictate where we go in life. And until we're willing to take stewardship, to take control of those areas, we're never going to be thriving. And the last of human freedoms, you know, this, this is said in, by Viktor Frankl in Man's Search for Meaning. He says, the last of human freedoms is to choose your attitude. He talks about the fact that when he was in, uh, he was in um, Auschwitz, right? So he was in the concentration camps during World War II as a psychologist, that he realized that the last of human freedoms, the one thing that nobody could ever take from him was his attitude. That there's a point between stimulus and response, between something happening in our lives and the way that we respond to it, where we have a choice, where we get to choose how we will react, whether we'll react or whether we will respond. And so I think that's incredibly important, especially as you go through a year that was so crazy and so hectic. And the, the crazy thing about years is, yeah, we like to flip the calendar and act like all our problems are going to go away or things are going to suddenly magically change, that problems are going to magically disappear, obstacles are going to disappear. But you and I both know that that's not true, right? As much as I want to be optimistic and hope that 2021 is better than 2020, there's a lot that comes with us. Our weight comes with us. Our financial situation, our net worth comes with us, right? There's so many things that are going to go on, you know, and carry on with us. There's a lot of, a lot of us that's going to remain the same that just at the strike of midnight doesn't automatically change as much as we might like it to. And so the reason why I'm saying all this is for you to understand and for you just share with other people, because a lot of people might know this, but need to be told this. And a lot of people just don't know this. But this year won't be any better if you don't act any differently. Let me say that again to you. This year will not be any better for you if you don't act any differently. You might have lost a loved one. You might have gone through some difficult things. You might have gotten uh, laid off from your job last year. There are some things, definitely real life situations that are outside of our control, but still, at the core of your being, your ultimate, I, I truly believe that your ultimate fulfillment, happiness, your purpose is found outside of those things. And so if you're not taking responsibility and ownership for what you have and just looking at what you don't have, you're never going to be happy. You're never going to be fulfilled. So I want to encourage you to do that. So I'm going to talk about three things today, three things that are really core to what we believe here at Seeking Excellence in general. If you've ever been, and I highly encourage you to go to because Marissa did a baller job with our website. Uh, Marissa Lennon, who's one of our, our core team members, she's awesome and, and, and just crushed our website. But if you've never visited our website and looked at the philosophy section, I highly recommend you go do that and just read through that so you understand what we believe and how we approach life and what we want for you. But these three things are really core to, to everything that we do, right? So those three things are, the, the first of the three things is extreme ownership. And so extreme ownership is a phrase that we 100% we borrow from one of my uh, heroes, one of my role models, uh, a man named Jocko Willink, who was an ex, uh, he's, he's an ex-Navy SEAL commander, awesome dude, just an absolute savage. And he wrote a book called Extreme Ownership. And if you haven't read it before, I would recommend putting it on your reading list for this year. 
that one and the dichotomy of leadership by Jocko Willink. And um, I can't remember what the other author's name is. It'll come back to me, but Jocko, uh, he's an awesome guy, has a great podcast. He's, he's a great influence on the world. Um, and, and in regards to leadership, masculinity, mental toughness, grit, all that stuff, right? Uh, Leif Babin, Leif Babin is the other author's name of extreme ownership and uh, the dichotomy of leadership. But Jocko really talks about extreme ownership. And what that means is in the military, in, in multiple branches, obviously, not just Navy SEALs, but you have this idea of whether we, if we succeed, we succeed together. If we succeed, you know, it's, it's, on, it's on me. And if we lose, it's on me. Um, but really, like the best leaders in the military obviously have this uh, mentality of if we succeed, it's because of everybody. And if we fail, it's because of me as a leader. So that means that's what extreme ownership is. Because he also talks about being a servant leader, being a great leader that acknowledges the efforts of other people. So it doesn't mean that you get to take all the credit if you win. You don't take all the credit just if you succeed. You, you take all the credit if you fail and you share the credit if you succeed. And that's essentially how I believe Jesus would lead in, in our modern day society, right? That's who Christ was. He called out and saw the goodness in other people. And he was, you know, he took responsibility for what was, was given to him by the father. And so for us, we have to mirror that, right? So we have to think about how can I take extreme ownership in my life? And so what you saw a lot of people do in 2020 is they blame the election. They blame other people. They blame their job. They blame COVID-19. They blame their relationship, whatever, for why they weren't the person that they wanted to be. Why they weren't the person that God created them to be in 2020. And so what I think we all need to do is think about what areas are you not taking ownership over right now? And the reason why extreme ownership is so important is because that is like the crux of seeking excellence, right? So seeking excellence here, we have the seven pillars of excellence. It may have been a while since you heard them. So I'll run through them real quick for you. Mental, emotional, physical, financial, professional, social, and spiritual. And the reason we chose those is because we believe that those are the seven pillars, the seven areas of, of the human experience of your life that you need to be proficient in, you need to understand, you need to have a plan for, and that you need to learn about in order to really experience life to the fullest, in order to be the person that you were created to be. In order to be a modern day saint, I believe that you need to take ownership over those areas of your life especially the spiritual life. But the thing, the reason why it's, it's in there with the others is because the other six pillars are typically what knock people off of their spiritual journey. So post-conversion, if you had a, even a slight conversion where you want to live for God, you believe God exists, you believe Jesus rose from the dead for your sins, died for your sins, rose from the dead so that you can join him, you know, forever in heaven, then it's usually those other things that end up knocking you off, right? A relationship, a financial struggle, a job issue, whatever. And so we want you to understand and be good, essentially, at all of those areas, right? But you have to take ownership over all of them. And what I've seen over the years, many, many times, is you have people who are very serious about their job that neglect their relationships, or people who are very serious about their faith that neglect their fitness, or people who are very serious about their faith or their fitness and nutrition that neglect their budget, and their budget's just a mess. And think about all those different areas, right? You can think about the, the disparity, the, the horrific status for so many people in all of those areas. Think about the immense debt crisis that we have in the United States. 
Think about the incredible, incredibly rising and incredibly high divorce rate that we have in the United States. Think about the, the incredible decline in church attendance in the United States. Think about the incredible decline in mental health in the United States. The, the rapid rise of depression and anxiety and all these different things, right? So think about the, the incredible rise, the incredibly fast rise of obesity in the United States, right? So all of these different areas, right? Like it can seem like it's a lot. It's like, well, I can't be good at all of those things. I can't take ownership of all those. It's like, well, dude, you have to. You know, I think a lot of speakers, a lot of different personal development, growth, whatever. Like I just saw something uh, shared the other day by a, um, a, Catholic, a Catholic speaker, Catholic organization that they're doing 30-day life coaching. And, and coaching is something that we eventually want to get into is seeking excellence, but you have to coach people in all areas. That's, that's one of the things that I think the church really fails people is if you only coach in one specific facet of life, then, then people aren't going to be able to succeed. They're not going to be able to live after that. Just like in parenting, just like in discipleship, you have to teach people all the different parts of the faith. Not just, you can't just teach people how to pray. If you're not going to teach them how to fight against temptation, they're not going to last. So what's the point? But I saw something, you know, this life coaching the other day that's, that's mainly focused around teaching people to, to end their negative self-talk, which is important. It's good and it's fine. But how are you going to transform somebody's life? Because I can switch my negative self-talk for 30 days and start talking positively to, to myself. But what if my, what if my, you know, what if you just also help me to solve my obesity or my uh, other negative mental health aspects or my relationship that causes me the negative or help me get out of the toxic relationship that I'm in that, that brings about this negative self-talk. We can't keep putting band-aids on, on things for people, right? People are wounded and they're hurt and they have injuries and they need the intensive physical therapy that's not going to just identify the problem. It's not going to just give them pain medicine that, that's a short-term fix, but we're going to do the hard work of actually going through physical therapy with people. And you can't go in physical therapy in 30 days and not be back. Not if you're going to be back to being, or not if you're going to be back to being a professional athlete, or if you've never been a professional athlete, now you're trying to get there and you have a torn ACL, then we got some serious work to do. And that's the truth for all of us. And that's why I want you to make a long-term plan for your life, a five-year vision, a 10-year vision as well, so that these different areas of your life don't overwhelm you. But think about how can you, how can you in 2021 take extreme ownership of your life? If you're anything like me, I'm sure that there is some area that I just mentioned that is, is blaring out to you. It's incredibly obvious that you're not taking ownership for your life. For me, I know this past year, I let my diet go and get really sloppy. I let my fit, fitness go and get really sloppy. I was not as dedicated with my prayer life as I should have been. Uh, I, you know, I, I made excuses for different things and different people that were in my life as to why I wasn't happy or why I wasn't living my life to the fullest. And I made a lot of progress in those areas, but I still recognize how much ownership I need to take over that. Ownership that I need to take over seeking excellence in what we're doing here. Ownership I need to take over my professional life and my job as a resident director. I need to take more ownership. That's almost always the answer. And so that's kind of what, you know, the, the classic little uh, cliche that says, work as if everything depends on you and pray as if everything depends on God. So I'm not telling you to try and be self-sufficient to be overly controlling of everybody in your life, but take responsibility. You own 50% of every relationship that you're in. So if the relationship is slacking, make sure that you're at least owning your 50% of it because it's either on you because you're also contributing to the mess that's the relationship 
You're not courageous enough to have the hard conversations you need to have to fix the relationship. You're not being challenging and encouraging enough to help grow the other person closer to God, closer to the man or woman that they're created to be so that the relationship can grow and be better. We have to start taking ownership for these things. Take ownership for your diet. Take ownership for your finances. It's not anybody else's fault. If you're almost 30 years old and you're broke, it's not anybody else's fault anymore. The only people that can blame others for being poor are kids, right? And people in third world countries, if you're in the United States of America, like there should be at least some positive growth year over year in your financial game, right? Like we have to take ownership for these things so that we can grow and we can move forward. And, and life gets so much more free and there's so much more possibility and optimism when you start realizing, oh, I have control over this. I can take control over this. I can make a difference. I can be the change I want to see. So I really want you to think about that. In 2021, I want you to take extreme ownership for your life, all areas of your life, just like my boy Seth says in the intro. The next thing that I want you to think about in 2021 is your habits. And this kind of goes along with the third one, which is living intentionally. So I'm actually going to, I'm actually going to switch it up a little bit here and talk about intentionality first. Because the next aspect, after you take ownership of something, you have to be extremely intentional with how you're going to implement whatever your plan is, right? So intentionality means that I, I'm, I'm intentional. I'm making a consistent, like concerted effort to make a difference, to make a plan and be strategic and to execute and implement that plan into my life. Intentionality means that I don't just vaguely make the goal of, oh, I want to have a better relationship with my girlfriend. Oh, I want to have a better relationship with God. No, intentionality means that I'm going to say my specific goals. I'm going to set the specific goals and I'm going to be intentional about the way I'm going to be purposeful and concise and clear about the way that I'm going to execute and make that outcome become a reality. I was thinking about this a lot today, actually, when it comes to reading. Because I've been, you know, a bunch of different places now, visited a good number of people over the last 30 days during my Christmas break. And I try to keep up with my reading. But one thing that I've learned about reading is that everybody, it's so funny at the end of every year, a lot of my friends, so many people tell me, oh, you know, like I wish I would have read more last year or I'm going to read more this year. I'm going to change that. And I did the poll on Instagram. If you follow me on Instagram, my personal one that said, what percentage of you have read 10 books or more in the past year? And I forget what the numbers were, but I was actually surprised at how low it was. 10 books a year is less than a book a month, which if you know anything about me, you know what I believe, prayer, fitness, prayer, working out and reading every day will change your life. And it blows my mind how few people read. And, you know, thanks be to God, I've met some great people and I've been, you know, implemented reading as a habit in my life on almost a daily basis over the last four years. And since 2017, I've tracked every book that I finished each year. And I, I did the math the other day, and I think I averaged like 32 books a year, 32, 34, something like that. And I finished 30. I just finished 30 at the end of last year. But I was very, you know, I was super behind when I got to December. And so I crushed a lot. I think I finished like five or six in December. But going through all these different places from Florida to Denver to Colorado Springs, Pennsylvania, Philly, Harrisburg, uh, Baltimore, Ohio, you know, being with a bunch of different people, I realized how intentional you have to be to read because there's always something else you could be doing, right? Like reading for so many of us, even me who I love reading, it's so easy to be like, but I just want to scroll on my phone. I just, it's just like working out, right? That's why those, those three things are so interrelated and that's why they're so valuable is because it's so easy instead of going to the gym to be like, somebody offers you a beer or something, you know what I mean? You're just like, well, I can just go to the gym tomorrow. 
it's so easy instead of asking, you know, telling people like, hey, I'm going to go read for 30 minutes or whatever, just keep hanging out and BSing around the dinner table or watching TV or whatever it is. Like you have to be intentional. That's what intentionality is. It's a difficult moment. The, the resistance comes up and you say, no, I'm still going to choose to honor my commitment. I'm going to set aside this time. I blocked it off of my calendar on this time that I'm going to read in the morning from 8 to 8.30. And therefore, I'm not going to snooze. Therefore, even though somebody texted me and sent me a different article, I'm going to read my book instead. Even though somebody sent me videos on Instagram or whatever, you know, I'm going to read my book instead. That's when intentionality, intentionality and, and change and ownership requires sacrifice. And you have to sacrifice for all of those things. We all get the same, you know, you hear it all the time. We all get the same 24 hours a day. I had the same 24 hours you did last year. So did everybody else who read 30 or more books to everybody who read two books last year, or everybody read zero. The people who listen to podcasts every day have the same 24 hours. The people who are learning, the people who are getting ahead, the people who are learning about their finances and are budgeting, the people who are intentional and have growing relationships, the people who pray for an hour a day, they all have the same amount of time as everybody else. And I've just learned so much over the last few months, especially as I've gotten more intentional with my relationships and I've grown many of them. It's just like how addicted we can be to BSing with each other. Just like wasting time and, and relationships need wasted time. You know, I, I was reading in uh, Becoming a King by Morgan Snyder. And he says that relationships are by nature inefficient, right? You need, you need what, uh, you know, Matthew Kelly calls carefree timelessness in order for relationships to grow. 100%. I 100% agree with that. But you don't need an unlimited amount of that every day, always. Right? Like we can have quality time with people. We can set aside days and times where it's like at five o'clock, I'm going to be done working. I'm not going to do anything else, but spend time with this person. And we'll do whatever we, as a, as a couple, as a friendship, whatever, agree to do. But there has to be limits. You have to structure your life so that you're continuing to grow. Because the, the thing that everybody always needs to remember that we want to teach you here, that I want you to believe with your heart and your soul is that you're going to be a better husband. You're going to be a better daughter. You're going to be a better friend. You're going to be a better coworker. You're going to be a better Christian because you pray, read, and, and exercise. And until you believe that, and the only reason you don't believe that, if you don't believe that, is because you've never done it consistently to actually see the fruits and results of it. But until you believe that, you're never going to be willing to make the time and sacrifice to do it. And sometimes the, the crazy thing about all three of those things and all of the seven pillars is that you and every good habit, every good active activity in your life, everything that's fruitful, just like farming, is there's a lot of work you have to do before you see the fruits of it, before you start to reap the rewards. And so that's what you have to keep in mind. There's a lot of work that you have to do before you reap the rewards but I need you to be willing to do the hard work. And that's what intentionality is. Intentionality is sacrifice. Intentionality is being purposeful. It's carving out the time. It's, it's following the plan. It's being disciplined. It's being clear and concise in what you're going to do and when you're going to do it. So think about that. How can you be intentional? And the last part there is, is your habits. And so uh, last fall, I was blessed. You know, my boss, Sean Mulcahy at Benedict and got us uh, Copies of Atomic Habits, and I highly, highly recommend that book. Um, it is very, very good by James Clear. And the book really, you know, I've always believed in the power of habits. You know, I, I truly believe that your life changes when your habits change. Um, Matthew Kelly's taught me that, you know, back when I was 19 years old. 
your life changes when your habits change. And, and so think about that. You know, somebody asked me the other day what, what, what my hobbies are on this application I was filling out for um, this, this writing course that I'm trying to take. And they said, you know, what are your hobbies? And, you know, when you think of your hobbies, you think of your habits, because um, they're, they're comparable, right? They're not the same thing, but it just made me think, of, it kind of took me on the rabbit hole of thinking about all of that. But like, what are your daily habits? What are your weekly habits? What do you do on a regular basis that helps you to grow as a human being? Because the other crazy thing about all these things is this, right? So prayer, reading, and working out. The other crazy thing is that nobody does them, right? Like, so the percentage of the percentage of humanity that does those three things on a consistent basis, that has a habit of prayer, a daily habit of prayer, uh, you know, a regular habit of exercise, and a daily or semi-daily habit of reading is incredibly low. And so if you want to excel in life, right, which I assume if you're listening to this podcast, you at least have some desire to excel in life, then you're going to want to do those things because that's going to take you automatically into the top 10, 5, 1% of human beings. It, it, it radically, you know, it projects you higher because of the fact that you're going to be growing in virtue and holiness. You're growing in your learning and understanding of other people. You're sharpening your mind. You're strengthening your mind both the intellect and the mental toughness side of it and working on your mental health. Growing in virtue and doing these things is going to help strengthen all of your relationships as you grow in your reading and learning and understanding, as you grow in your virtue and your holiness. You're going to become a better leader as you become more empathetic through those things. And as you grow in each one of those relationships, all this stuff is so intertwined. You're going to become more intentional, more focused, more hopeful. And so you're going to be more intentional and, and want to grow your finances and take more ownership of that area of your life. You're going to be a better person in society because of those things. You're going to be better at your job. It's, it's going to propel you forward. So if you want to excel, we have to make time for those things. So I challenge you to think about not just what are your goals for the year, but what habits do you need to put into place so that you can achieve those goals? What are your habits going to be? What are your habits now? How do your habits need to grow? How do your habits need to change? You might have a habit of negative self-talk. You might have a habit of coming home and drinking a beer every day. You might have a habit of when you're stressed out, grabbing for a bag of chips or grabbing for donuts or whatever it might be instead of going for a run or working out. Think of what your habits are and how can you start to put good habits and replace the bad habits with good habits in your life. Be intentional about that. Take extreme ownership of all areas of your life. It's an incredibly important thing. And so I hope that you'll take the time to do that, to reflect on that, to pray on those things today. And I hope that this has blessed you. And I just want to encourage you as we start this off, this is a great start to our year of seeking excellence podcast. So if this has added any value to you, I just highly encourage you today to share this with somebody. Let's get 2021 started off right. Share this with somebody who's going to be your accountability partner this year. Who is it that you think needs to hear this, that you want to hear this, that you can reach out to the easiest way to start leading spiritually in any relationship, whatever. It's just, Hey, Hey, do you want to grow this year? Do you want to get better? I think we can help each other to do that. Let's set aside some time to have a conversation about how we can do that and go through some of these areas that I just talked about. Brainstorm with each other. At least half of us out there are external processes. You need somebody to talk to and talk out your ideas with. Brainstorm together, process together, share together, and then hold each other accountable to your goals and to your habits. It could be something like you text each other every day when you finish reading or you finish your prayer time. You check in once a week, whatever it is. You need something. You can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. And so make the commitment to do that. Share this with somebody who you think it would help. 
and change your life. Watch your life change this year. You'll overestimate, they always say this, right? You'll overestimate what you can do in one month, but you'll underestimate what you can do in one year. You'll overestimate what you can do in one month, but you'll underestimate the changes you can make in one year. If you did those three things, a majority of the days, prayer, exercise, and reading for 2021, and you don't have a habit of those three things, I guarantee you by the end of the year, you'd be a radically different person in an incredibly positive way. So make it happen this year. Go out and get after it. Be your best.